This is Shaka Wart Speak. I'm doing it now, so we can just keep talking and then jump in where you want. Yeah. Right. No, so tamales, I'm always on the hunt. I'm always on the hunt for tamales, man. I yeah, can't. for real. We try to make them, it's like, this ain't, this ain't right. <laughs> it ain't, it ain't it's, right. It's, it's hard, it's hard deal. to do. It, it is. is. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hard to do. The, hey, minimal, you see some the of minimalism, man. Well, you the see simplicity. some of the old ladies that are making these things, and they're just talking, not even looking, just doing the mm -hmm. thing, slapping it together, and then it comes out, and it's amazing. Yeah. And you're like, yep. I tried so hard. Yeah. And mine tastes like yeah. nothing like this. Yeah, yeah I would say that um, in a non, like, that's where I think that there is, it's kind of like gardening. Mm. So there is just, it's like, I have seen it enough. Like my wife and I have done like what people say that got like the quote unquote green thumb. Yeah. yeah. We've done it and it don't, it don't pop off the same way. Right. Yeah. So like, so like, I don't know how you quantify that because if you follow the same steps, you still get, so it's like your mom's uh, bread. Yeah. Rolls. Yeah. Dude, follow the steps. Do not come out quite like your mom's. So there's something about the way people inhabit. It's that tacit knowledge. A space. Yeah, exactly. 100%. The book is coming through. So, so like, I, <laughs> that's the closest to, like, that's the alchemist thing. That's the yeah, magic. Yeah. So it's like when you're like the old, the old lady, like one of my neighbors, I've talked about it before, in Sacramento, I used to help their family out when I was just living there by myself. And uh, all Spanish speaking, but we just loved each other, man. So mm -hmm. we, we found ways to connect and, like, I gave them like my bed. I gave them a bunch of stuff, man. And, um, and so they would repay just, they didn't require, I didn't require, but they would repay me with uh, homemade tortillas. I mean, that's okay. And mm -hmm. yeah, dude. And <clears throat> these were so legit that you didn't mm -hmm. even want to put anything on them. Yeah. And just like, like that, just like that. And like, that's the, it's like, what, like if you wrote it down for me, I would not like something in the, in the feel, man, like mm -hmm. there's something in the touch that's that's kind of magical, actually. Well, it's like you know, you get a recipe from like some like great great grandma did this thing, and you get her recipe and you try it out, and it's like, yeah, you probably did at one point add like a cup of that, but over time that changed. Yeah, you know, you adjusted it, mm -hmm. and you just kept thinking it was the same recipe. Yeah. So you know, you had this like long, uh, like entrenched relationship with this thing. Mm -hmm. So it changed over time. And it just became implicit knowledge mm -hmm. rather than something that you explicitly understood what you were doing. Yeah. My mom does this with, uh, we have an old family recipe of, of spaghetti sauce, mm -hmm. just red sauce. And all her measurements are based on the size of her hand. Mm. And so it's like, you can't people are like, can you that. give me that recipe? And it's like, yeah, sure. It's uh, two of my mom's handfuls of yeah. this thing. You know, <laughs> I want you to make a mold of your mom's hand, turn them into cups. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real though. Dude, you, could, you could sell like a cookbook. A little like measuring hand, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be a little weird. But it's like one of those things where it's like, I, even if I make it, like I've got to adjust because it's not a handful of mine. Yeah, mom's yeah, it's handful. your mom's hand. Yeah, yeah, that's so legit, man. Yeah, there's and something that's how about she that. grew up learning how to do it right. from other folks. Was like, it's this much, and it's like, okay, well, you don't get to write that down and like pass it on that way. Yeah, it's like an oral tradition mm -hmm. um, that has to be like actually played out. It's like yep. an embodied tradition. Yeah, it yeah. can't just sit yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'll, I'll go into it later, but I was watching a uh, talk on medicinal plants and like, like as a psychotropic drugs mm -hmm. from different parts of the world with these PhDs mm -hmm. and how they're coming to scientific conclusions about things that indigenous people understand and yeah. how they can't quantify it the same way, but they're coming to the same, mm. but they're coming to the same outcomes. Yeah. But the, the thing that was interesting in the discussion is... Um, like there are like dangerously precise mm -hmm. mixtures that are the difference between life and death, like kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And these shamans are like landing the plane on that. 
a long time ago. It, it's a, it was so there's these PhDs that are trying to go back and not like in like as if uh, these folks need it, but they're they're verifying this and saying like, no, we need to rethink how we apprehend some of this yeah. because they were actually getting it right and we're just coming to understand. Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. yeah, it's an interesting it, conversation, man. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. one because, you know, it's, it's almost like if you were to give somebody something and they had a bad effect, like that's that's a pretty strong indicator of maybe don't do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so. Uh, Simple cause and effect. There's, there's probably yeah. a good amount of scientific knowledge that's just uh, part of reality. Like part That's exactly right. And, and exactly. like one of these doctors is like, you know, scientists typically are so arrogant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I'm in my lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm studying this stuff. But some of the stuff that they're discovering and what it does is not something it's not you could come to obvious. easy. Yeah, yeah. It's not something you would just come to. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's interesting, man. It, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that stuff's fat. Like, it just speaks to how complex the world is. Mm -hmm. right. But also, it's one of those things where it's like, it is generational, even like we're talking about with these like recipes and stuff. Yeah. Like, because you have like, you know, so if you were the, if you were the, uh, like the doctor, in the group, yeah. like you, you were probably the son of a son of a son of a son yeah. of a son of a doctor, right? You know, like it's passed on. There's like a familial sort of lineage that yeah. happens. It isn't just like genetic, but it's also like functional. Yeah. So, you know, like there's, we even talked about this the other day in a other conversation we were having with a friend where it's like, you can kind of only get so far away from like your family. Like even yeah, if you we'll haven't talk. really yeah, been yeah. around them a lot, yeah, you know, yeah. like you're there, there's things about you. You just I, I can't change my genetics. Yeah, nah. exactly. I can't change. I can't change my culture. <clears throat> can't I can't change, change childhood. Can't change my childhood. Nah. You know, I can't change a lot of things. And I and I'm and I'm not a slave to those things. I'm actually a I'm actually a an, an effect of those. things. Yeah, you're an effect. You're built out of those. Mm -hmm. things. You're resting on the generations, but an yourself. effect that has some agency. Yeah. So I get to take all that stuff and then do with it. Yep. Um, or I can just take all that stuff and whine about mm -hmm. it. You know, right. and I mean, we all have our times where we do both. Yeah. Um, and hopefully the doing something with it. <laughs> well, like I said, out. I didn't I grow up with my real dad, but there's something in his voice and my voice, our speech. We have similar speech patterns and ways mm -hmm. that we pause. It freaked it freak me out. And like the older yeah. I get, the more I hear it. And I'm like, this is crazy. Dude. <laughs> so you connected with your dad later. Later. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I found my dad when I was 18. He didn't know he had a son. Oh, he didn't know. He didn't know. Wow. My mom did. My mom. I was, it was a one night stand. Damn. Yeah. Hey, and he, yeah. And he was like, um. You know, yeah, he was just he was just a, um, a homeless dude at one point, man. Shortly mm. before I uh, I found him, mm -hmm. so he was down and out. He was like a um, he was into like bikers and gangs and Damn. yeah, <laughs> heroin and all kinds of stuff, man. So he's he's totally cool now. I mean, he's yeah. been he's been solid for years and years and years, decades. Well, it's funny because like mm -hmm. I've never met your dad, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I I can't all I know about him is what I've heard. Yeah, stories. But the stories I've heard, I'm like, no, that's totally your dad. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> stuff he's saying. Yeah, he's saying I'm like, yeah, that's your dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. There, it do So it's weird. I see myself in him, and I'm like, but there's no way because I didn't grow up with him. Yeah, but it's the genetic thing. I mean, we right. we're tight now. Um, that's good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's dope, man. Yeah, but funny. yeah, I was just saying, it's funny. It's it's like a it's like an inheritance. Like yeah, you receive it, and then it's like, what are you going to do with it? Yep. No, totally. You're gonna squander it, or you're gonna make something of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? It, how do you see through the difficulty for the inheritance that's there? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you? How do you? That that takes some, yeah, some clarity, man. I, I didn't have the ability to do that when I was younger. I was I was ticked. I, I, yeah, I didn't like it. I was like, this ain't, this ain't what I want. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> now I'm like, yes, but uh, back then I was like, no. So we got a guest today. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Shocker War Speak, y'all. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, how, <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Cody? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, so we, we we give nicknames when anybody is a frequent. So 
So Tito, I'm not going to give you a nickname yet. But, <laughs> no, here's my know, first time. Yeah, it's your first time, man, so I can't do that yet. But that's Dr. Snacksmill. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Dr. Snacksmill? Yeah, so His last name is Jared Blackwell. He's really a PhD. <laughs> so he'll never tell anybody that. So then I started put years ago on the podcast, I started put it. I started because he, dude, the, the man knows food. If you travel, he'll know where you should eat. I mean, I brought up a restaurant already, and That's I met you saying. after like ten two, minutes. Yeah, so he knows like, restaurants and he knows, he knows like snacks, two. dude. I mean, he, he. So I started calling him Snacks Mel. The two topics: hip hop and food. And yeah, Cody, yeah. Cody, <laughs> Cody keeps us in check. So he and so um, I'm the calming presence. He's a calming presence. Actually, yeah. I can see that. He also yeah. he's also really good at clarifying. Cody clarifies a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. So that's his, yeah. So that's Cody. And, uh, we, you know, we call him Cody. It's, it's super dorky. We call him Cody Spice or Code Red. Code Red. Yeah, Code Red. Mountain Dew Code Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so everybody gets a nickname. Um, and that's how we roll, man. We try to have fun because we get, we get so serious that if you don't yeah. have some fun, Oh yeah, for you, sure. then you, you're not humble, man. You can't. Yeah, for real. That's yeah, true. We get, too, we get too preachy or something, man. So. Yeah, well, we got a guest this week. Super excited about it. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, you know this dude for a long time. Long time. We've met him just now, but yep. we've been listening to some of his music. So uh, who we got with us? Tito Henriquez. That's right. That's, yeah. that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah, say, <laughs> say, say it for us again, Tito. You tried, man. I uh, know. I tried. So Tito is, man, <clears throat> so Tito and I go back a decade, right? Well, how? Cause, yeah, when did you come? When were you? When was that, man? What, I started school 2010 or 11? Yeah, it was 10 or 11, okay, man. 2010. So, yeah, I was like, man. you were one of my first, second, third semester classes or something, man. It was mm -hmm. a, it was OG, like, yeah. way back. Yeah, man. Way back machine. So, um, so yeah, so we, we, we kicked it off. We've known each other for years. And then um, I was saying, like, there's people I know where you're one of those people where if, if we don't got to see each other for a while, but I know we'll pick up. Right. So I've always felt that way about you. So, so here we are picking up live on air. I mean, basically, uh, so you got all kinds of stuff going on and it was yeah. like, this needs to happen. We need to catch up, yeah, man. see what you're up to, um, <clears throat> as an artist, because you're pretty, uh, diversified as a, as an artist. Um, <clears throat> so we'd love to, love to dig into your story and then get into what you're up to, man. You had, uh, an album drop this Friday. Yep. So we'll get to that a little bit later, but, um, Tito, we'd love to just get into your story, man. Like, um, I know, I know some of your story. I mean, I yeah. know that, like, I think about your, you've shared about your family, um, and then coming to VCU and pursuing the arts and pursuing photography. Yeah. Um, how do you want to pick up with this, man? I'd love, I'd love to hear a little bit about the way you got into that. Like, how did, how did you ever get to the place where you and I met? Like, where did that start? <clears throat> I mean, I guess wanting to go to art school, I mean, I feel like, I didn't know what I wanted to do in high school. Yeah. Um, I remember like just telling my counselor, like, you know, my counselor tried to actually push me towards like the army thing. She was like, or Nova, you know, she's like, oh, you know, there's this, there's that. And she would always kind of bring those things up, you know? Yeah. And I was just kind of turned off by that. And I could not have pictured you in the army. Man. Nah, man, no way. <laughs> not me. Nah, man. And I was just, even just like my beliefs, you know, my yeah. perspective, I, it's just never something I would ever do. But, yeah. um, I mean, my art teacher, I remember we did like a, it's probably what, 10th or 11th grade? Mm -hmm. I remember we um, did like a photo thing. She asked us to do a little photo project. Yeah. And I took some pictures and she saw them and she was like, hey, you know what? These are actually pretty good. Yeah. And then she told me about um, this other 
He was actually my friend. I haven't seen him in a long time, but he was my friend during that time. His name is Diego. Mm-hmm. And uh, he used to photograph skaters. Yeah. And I remember just seeing his pictures on MySpace, and I'm like, damn, those look dope. Because he used, he used the fish islands, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I was like, she was like, yeah, he, I um, or he's going to VCU. He's about to go study photography. Like, you should talk to him. Yeah. And then I reached out to him, and I think, if I remember correctly, I mean, he just kind of told me about, you know, what gear he used. And I remember uh, my dad had some old cameras around the house. So I just picked those up. I started taking pictures with them. And I was like, damn, this is actually maybe something that, you know, I could do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just started getting, you know, more into that. And that teacher actually helped me, you know, get my portfolio together. Mm-hmm. She wrote my letter of recommendation. She helped me through the whole process. That's dope, man. Yeah, man. So so did you have any any creative, when you were smaller, was there any foreshadow of that when you were younger, like little kid stuff? Somebody, I was just talking about this with a friend. Um, looking back, because my... My um, my dad showed me some videos, man, because he used to have like a, like an old, just like he used to have like a like a cassette deck, mm-hmm. uh, CD, just like a little microphone thing, and he had some videos of me um singing Al- along with Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh-huh. <laughs> and just like me like messing around with his stuff, you know, yeah. with his music stuff, mm-hmm. playing music, recording stuff, yeah. And um and my dad always actually had a camera on him too. Like he used to videograph me when I was younger. And like I found out later that my dad actually he tried to become like a, a news reporter. Uh-huh. And he like went to this program in in um New York. What? But it just never worked out, you know. Yeah. Um, Cuz your parents are your so your parents are from <clears throat> El Salvador. Yeah, they were born there. Yeah. And what and to say a little bit about their story. They came they came to the states and started a business. I mean, my so, my memory is that your parents are pretty entrepreneurial. You is know, that, I think it, it was in their blood, you know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, they came from, I mean, the reason they came was because of the war, you know? Yeah. The war tore apart their families pretty much. Yeah. Wow. And you know, my dad was what, 15 years old when he when he left El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he, you know, because actually, you know, his dad and his brother were murdered. Ah. Yeah, so Damn. during the war, you know, and that kind of broke up the family and he, he left as a kid. All his, you know, his brothers and sisters went different places. He went to Mexico. He actually spent some time in Guatemala and Mexico just working. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, as a kid, man. As a kid, man. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so heavy. And he was 16, I think, when he came to, to Los Angeles. Yeah. And then he was in Los Angeles uh, for probably like 10 years. What year would have that been, do you think? Do you know offhand? In the 80s, man. 80s? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the I was 80s. Down there in the 80s. And he, I think he came to Virginia probably like 89 or 90, something like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. That's not, that's like, <clears throat> like they're starting with nothing, right? Nothing. Nothing. And then they're starting in a deficit. Yeah. Like not even nothing, but in a deficit. Right. That's starting in a deficit, man. That's right. starting in a loss. And even just like, I think like mentally everything, you know, yeah. I'm just like, man. Yeah. They were able to do so much with all that, carrying all that, you know, putting that trauma to the side, just like. Right. <clears throat> did, did he meet your mom uh, after he got to the States or before? No, they met in Virginia here. Okay. Yeah, so he eventually, you know, I feel like a lot of, well, there's a lot of Salvadorians in Northern Virginia for one. Mm-hmm. And it's actually funny. There's a there's a neighborhood or some really apartments in Reston where like a lot of people who in my area who are Salvadorian, like they can trace their parents coming back through that. Wow. Those apartment wow. complexes. What, what, what was the, what do you think was the nexus for that particular area? Like why there? Like why, um, why Northern Virginia? What do you I think, think, man? I think just, you know, I mean, I was really interested in that in that question in, yeah. in college. I, I found a book, man. It was called, what was it called, man? I forgot what it was called, but it it, it pretty much somebody's like a like an academic book, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. somebody wrote about the first Salvadorians that came to DC, mm-hmm. and it was like from a town called 
Intipuca or something like that. Mm. But it was really just word of mouth. Like somebody, you know, someone, somebody with like entrepreneurial spirit, you know, yep. moved to DC and they let somebody else know. And it's just mm -hmm. word of mouth and it just kind of spread like that. Yeah. I mean, it just establishes a reputation. Hey, here's where this you is go. Right. There's like work you. here. There's, yeah. you know, there's yeah. come over here. People yeah. with shared background. Yeah. And there's like whole, like, like there's like whole towns and villages, you know, that came and yeah. are in that area. Yeah. People that just knew each other back in El Salvador that now. Man. Are yeah, now there. And I bet, you know, you're talking about having to like put that trauma to the side, but I bet a community like that actually helps a lot with that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like if you, if you have memories of a country that gets torn apart by war, like you always kind of want to go back in your mind. Mm -hmm. And if you can reclaim a little bit of that, I bet that's in the future. Yeah. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's like, that's worth so much more than I think you might actually give credit <clears throat> for. I mean, like that, that helps people get back to like normal lives, yeah. establish a lot of things. It, it helps actually keep culture from your home country alive right. yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, that's a, it's just relevant to hit on that stuff, even just thinking about what's happening in the Ukraine, not to go there, but just to say, yeah. like, there will be people where that is their story. Right. Mm -hmm. That's happening right now. Yeah. Like, that's their story going forward. Right. Same story. There's going to be, you know, like, there was a couple of Russians that left Russia on a raft and showed up in Alaska. Yeah. Because they did not want to, they did not want to have to go to war against Ukrainians. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's a heck of a, I mean, I don't mean, you know, if you've been like story to me is no small thing. So like, that's a heck of a story, man. Like you, you, you went across the ocean in a raft mm -hmm. because of the prospects of war. That's heavy, right. man. That's mm -hmm. heavy. Like, that's like, we don't even, who was I, who was I listening to? What was I reading, man? It was saying something about how, I gotta watch how I say this, but it had to do with like, Excess. Mm -hmm. So like, well, oh, it was what your dad, your dad wrote. Your dad oh, wrote yeah. something. Yeah. And that, that hit me. Like mm -hmm. it was your dad's right. Cause I was like late last night, I wrote something your dad wrote about like in, you know, um, to have too much was, is a signal of wealth. Mm -hmm. So like the idea that some of us have to drop some LBs mm -hmm. is like, like, you know, like that's like out of a, out of a lot of halves. Oh yeah, yeah. To ever yeah. be in a place where you're like, I gotta lose some weight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and so that was I was like really provocative <clears throat> for me, man. I started thinking about that. I was like, that's true. And then and then um but we have so many haves. I I don't even think we can like when we talk about trauma and mm -hmm. challenge, like, I don't know, man. Like that story is very <clears throat> different than like maybe some folks I'm around who are like worried about a word. Yeah, yeah. And not to diminish the value yeah. or, or hurt of a word, no, but, but just totally. to say like, you know, like my grandpa came, my grandpa's came out of the Great Depression mm -hmm. at 16, married my grandmother who was 14, had $7 to their name. Mm. And because uh, his mom died of botulism and he drove a car to California, built a house. Damn. Like, and he had to like work like multiple jobs and just at 16, like you're like out of loss, out of his right. brother and his mom dying. Mm -hmm. You right. know, I don't know, man. It's like, it's just, there's not not that you want to go back and glorify that, but you're just saying, man, like that's some serious yeah, weight to deal with. You don't want to ignore right? it either. No, right. you know you don't want to mm -hmm. just act like it, it didn't happen. But right. that's so that's that's amazing. So your your folks are uh, your folks meet and they're in Northern Virginia and they just mm. been there the whole time, like the last thirty years or so. Yeah, wow, yeah, man, that's amazing. Yeah. That's funny. Um, you know, I've lived in Richmond for ten years, and I tell people like, if I'm here another fifteen years, I'll be considered a local. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, but like your your parents, like especially in terms of Northern Virginia, like yeah. they're they're like old school local yeah, because man. that place is so transient with so many people. Right, it's just been constantly growing really since that time. Yeah, you know. So you grew up in this household, 
how did how do these how did like the embodied the lived experiences of your parents because mm-hmm. uh, your mom is from el salvador too as yeah, well yeah, right yeah, yeah so she's got so like how is that shaping your your environment as far as what they hope for you or like like when you're talking about like you find out that dad wanted to be a news reporter mm-hmm. and i mean that's all yeah that's crazy to me yeah me that too. blows my mind me like, too when i found that out, i was like what really and even yeah. just with like my dad's like language barrier and everything you know i'm just like damn he really wanted to do that yeah i was yeah I was so you grow up in this environment and how is there pressure for you to do more with what they've been able to build for you? Like, do you find that that's a pressure? Are they like, are they excited about you being creative? You know, you know like some parents are not. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel you. And honestly, thankfully, you know, my parents have always been supportive of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Even when I told them art, because a lot of, you know, Latino families too, they're like, you wanna be an artist? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But no, they were supportive because I think my dad, they, he kind of had that, you know, yeah. he wanted to be a, a reporter. So he understood that. Right. And they, they always supported it. That's you know? amazing, man. Things. Yeah. So then you say, "Hey, I'm, I think I'm gonna study photo film." Mm-hmm. They're they're all in. Yeah, yeah. They were all great. in. I told them, you know, one of my teachers is pushing me too. She's helping me, and yeah, they were. Yeah, they were for it. Yep. Yeah. So then you end up at VCU. That's right. Yeah. And then what happens from there? Um, what is it? What, what is it called? Uh, our foundation. I was like, damn, I got to do a little bit of everything. Hey, can I tell my, I know I always tell it, but one more time. You, yeah. Remember when you, remember when I had you all draw on each other and you drew, you drew, <laughs> I forget what her name. <laughs> <laughs> drew, I made drew. it look all funky, man. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the, but see, here's the thing I could never say that I could say now. The thing is, he actually, it actually looked like her. <laughs> but at the exact same time, it looked like Mike Myers. <laughs> so I'm like, so I see it. Tito is like serious, man. Like he is like stone face. And I'm like looking at both. And she looks at it. And she's like, not. She's, so, she's in like a sorority. Uh-huh. She is not feeling it. And I'm trying to, I'm like, what the heck do I say? Because I'm looking at it. And the more I look at it, I'm like, dang, that actually looks like her. Man. <laughs> but it also looks like Mike Myers. So I'm like, He's trying not to laugh. <laughs> I forgot about that. You, yeah, I, I'll probably, I feel bad, man. I don't want to remind you every time I see you, nah. but it always makes me smile, man, because that's only happened once. <laughs> I was like, hey, I was the not, worst drawer you had. No, 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 not even close, man. Oh my goodness. I got stories for you I bet. off air. I bet. Um, I bet. Not at all, man. No, no, that was the thing, man. It's like, it wasn't as bad as you think. The yeah. thing I couldn't say as a teacher is like, yes, that actually looks like her. <laughs> and it looks like Mike Myers from the, the uh, Halloween mask. <laughs> and that might be because, you know, kind of look like Mike Myers Halloween mask. <laughs> well, I could never say that back in the day. So anyhow, that's good. Um, what was that experience like for you coming into like art foundations and having to do all sorts of stuff? Yeah, maybe it was actually, it actually ended up being real cool. And I, I appreciated it because it made me feel more like I could do mixed media stuff you know mm-hmm. um, and I met a lot of people too a lot of cool people a lot of people that were interested in the same stuff that ended up going to different departments and I, I kept those friendships you know yeah so that was cool yeah you yeah know? yeah I feel like I learned I learned a lot and it didn't shake your desire to be a photographer no it didn't no mm-hmm. yeah I definitely stay strong with that so you so you so there's two things you go into photography photo film mm-hmm. but also you started talking so I mean just to kind of bring this thread in at that time that I met you, we started talking about hip hop. Yeah, and I discovered that it's like you know you meet kid, you meet kid, young kids or whatever at the time, and um, 
they don't they either do or don't know about about stuff and so yeah. i talked with him and he had like history he knew history of hip-hop like it wasn't mm-hmm. just like what was right now but also history which i think is important because <clears throat> foreshadow into the future like your music i was telling cody we were listening and i was like thing is like he has he understands history so there's history in the music mm-hmm. even up to the present even in the music the the most recent album like i can i can still i can hear it yeah um so like so we start having conversations i'm like i don't have these conversations with any student like this it's like oh man like he's got me thinking about stuff i haven't thought about in a long time so hip-hop becomes a thing and so you start is that the time when you like how how the time we started talking about rap when did you start really thinking like maybe i should also be doing also be rapping like where did that come from now that i think about it man before even i got into photography i wanted to make beats because Mm -hmm. i had it was really because i used to spend a lot of time around my older cousin Mm -hmm. And his close friends was used to make beats and he used to like record and, and produce for local rappers. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being around, like, you know, going to chill with him, being the youngest guy there. And just he'd be in there, you know, r- like ripping off of records, you know, using an MPC like on Fruity Loops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I just love being around it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I told him, I was like, yo, can you get me FL Studio? He got me like a, you know, like a rip version of FL Studio. And yes. I had another good friend, my friend Marcel who he also wanted to produce. And me and him kind of got into it around the same time. Yeah. And I remember, like, I tried to make a couple beats and I just kind of like, nah, nah <laughs> not too good at this. I was like, yo, I, I, I looped one thing and I sent it to Manny, who was the my cousin's older friend. I was like, uh-huh. can you put some drums on this? Because I couldn't, you know, I didn't know how to do another drum. So I just yeah. made the loop and sent it to him. Yeah. But it's really, I feel like because of my, being around my older cousins and even farther back, my, my cousins on my dad's side growing up, because this was my cousin on my mom's side. My cousin on my dad's side growing up, they used to they used to rap too. They used to do reggaeton and stuff in Spanish. That's mm-hmm. dope. So like family parties, they'd be in the basement, like you know, smoking and drinking with their friends. And me and my younger cousins would just come down there and like snoop around and like come yeah. back up. So actually, before that, they used to make music. But I mean, back then as a kid, I, I never told myself I wanted to be a you know a rapper or anything. But sure, I always yeah. had that in the back of my head. Yeah, it's you know? in there though. It's in the because I feel like when I met you, you were like it was like clearly you had been percolating. Yeah. So it's like almost like it's almost like when you're about to take a leap into something and there's yeah. no one telling you to do it. Right. There's not like an academic reason to do it. Yeah. And you're not compromising in what you're trying to do as a, a visual artist. Mm-hmm. But you're like, I got to do this too. Is that is yeah. that is that how it was? I mean, is that is that where you were at? Like. I mean, like like you said, I always loved hip hop. I remember going to uh, what Strange Matter when it used to be there. I used mm-hmm, to go to some mm-hmm. local hip hop shows there. Okay. I remember there was this kid on my, or he's maybe a couple floors above me, but I met him. His name's Ryan Easter. I don't know if you guys heard of him, but he studied jazz and he he played trumpet, but he he rapped also. And um, I remember he asked me if I could take some pictures for his for his new project or for yeah. stuff. And he was like, yo, we're going to be rapping the Strange Matter come through, take pictures. So I went and took pictures and then we went back to his dorm and we did like some. I remember I took a picture of him like with his trumpet, like he was Malcolm X looking out the window. Like, you know, uh-huh. that, that, yeah, scene, yeah, yeah. that reference. Yeah. And just through seeing him and his friends rap, I was like, yo, man, I could do this too. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to write something. And then I wrote something and then it just kind of built from there. It's crazy, like, You man. know what? I could do this too. See, I mean, we, all, we always talk about like you can't pick what you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Like you, if, if sometimes, like once you see some version of something, 
then it becomes a possibility for you. Yeah. So there's like visibility yeah. is important for other people. Mm -hmm. So it's like what you're doing. There's other people that will see it and say, well, I, I, I can do that too. Exactly. I want to do that. Yeah. And like that is so essential. Like you can't pick what you haven't seen. You can't know, no, mm -hmm. you know. Right. So then you start, so you start, you go into uh, photo film mm -hmm. and your work, you know, I know I, I, I got to do like your senior review. I'm trying to like remember some things, but I feel mm -hmm. like your work matured really quickly. Like mm -hmm. you got very serious about um, kind of like uh, like almost documentary style photography. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to, yeah, like I was always drawn towards that type of work, you know, mm -hmm. that type of imagery, like the black and white, just kind of like real life stuff is what mm -hmm. I considered it, you know. Yeah. And I remember just, I used to just bike around, man. I used to just bike around with my camera, just kind of be discreet, just try to talk to people. I just, just talking to people on the street, you know? Yeah. But I never wanted to make it because I know there's so many people with like documentary photography or like the homeless stuff, you know? Oh, like picture of a homeless person. Or mm -hmm. I always tried to, I, I started trying to talk to people. Yeah. And like actually get to get something real out of it, you know? Yeah. Or just like mm -hmm. humanize it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I mean, I was always kind of drawn to that work. And I remember just kind of thinking, like, maybe I'll do music down the road. But, like, I just got really into photography. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a trip, man. I mean, because the, just, the, just the desire to talk to people. I mean, hip-hop is rapping is, like, I'm, talking, I'm yeah. talking with you. I'm trying to talk to you. Right. Like, it's in there. And then just think about your pop's desires. And, and when you think about hip-hop is, is being street reporting mm -hmm. yeah. and, and part of its history. Right. Which it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and almost like a form of journalism in that way. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to think about. Like, yeah, yeah I was what, thinking along <clears> the same lines, like that, uh, like, I don't know, as you're talking about photography and kind of the way you got interested into it, the stuff that you liked. Um, but then I also think about rap, like mm -hmm. specifically in, the, in the, the, the kind of genre type of rap that you do. Um, it, like it feels like a lot of, the, a lot of your like tracks could be like snapshots. They could be like pictures, nice. you know. Um, just, I like that. So it's like it feels like there's this there, there's a commonality there, you know. There's something that's going on between the music and the visuals. There, like there's you're, it feels like you're you, maybe you're. I don't know if you'd ever say this or not, so I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. But yeah. Maybe you're almost like try, trying to do the same sort of thing. Yeah. But one is one is through your ears, and one's through your eyes. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. But it's funny because I can never think of videos for my stuff. Like, I'm <laughs> really? Just, yeah, I'm just like, man, I, I talked to some friends. I'm like, yo, help me out with this, yo. I can't, like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, it's weird. Like, I can't come up with videos, at least, like, you know, for my own music. Yeah. I mean, I could take, I took, like I said, I took the picture for the cover and all that, but it's hard for me to. I already got a video on my head, dude. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you ride on a bike, but you can't see you. And then it's you going to talk to people. Then when you go to talk to people, it's you talking to yourself as like different people on the street, mm. and then you're just rapping back and forth to yourself. That's dope. No, you know, like that's dope. Like the the every person person. Yeah. You know, so as you're talking to someone, you start to see yourself in that person, and vice versa, and it's just moving through the city, and you're rapping with people, mm. and like, you know, that's dope. I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's okay. just what came to my head right away. Yeah. Yeah. May not be good, but but it could be though. Yeah, could be dope, man. I, I, I'm visualizing it right now too. I see it in black and white. Just, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and then you're and you're you're doing exactly what you said you want. You always felt like you want to do mm -hmm. is you're talking with people and then you're humanizing them. You're seeing mm -hmm. them for who they are, and then you're in various contexts because you're moving around, uh, willing to be discreet. Like, it's like you wrote it 
in your like you wrote it right now in my mind like you just yeah. said it video would be dope nice and then you're bringing people you're porting pe transporting people into those spaces because that's like the realism that i think in your work like is is bringing people into those places and humanizing that's like why i was like your work a lot and, and it's true like i think it comes through in your music as well um like that's why i said your music has a sense of history mm -hmm. which which is why i like it uh right away i was like impressed man because i was like oh this is someone who's not worried about being so contemporary that you compromise that you know what i'm saying yeah. like like there's contemporary music right now that wouldn't permit some of what you're talking about right i agree you know so yeah. you have to be willing to like not have certain people vibe with your music yeah for sure or your photography yeah so like when you go to el salvador and you're <clears throat> photographing like there was a particular place you went where your where your dad is from, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? So you yeah. so you're in school, and then you was that before you graduated or right after? When I went to a summer? yeah first so, yeah. So I mean, growing up, I used to go a lot, right? Okay. But um, uh, but I didn't go again. So me so me and my brother, my parents used to send us in the summers to El Salvador. You know, mm -hmm. we used to spend time with my grandparents and just be there the whole summer. Yeah. And then we stopped going, especially when things started to get bad in the news, you know, stuff with the mm -hmm. gangs and all that. Um, and I didn't go again for a while until 2011, after mm -hmm. my first year in, in college. Yeah. Because I remember I was like, you know, I want to go back. I want to photograph. Yeah. Like, I want to document. Yep. Um, so I went then. And, yeah, we went to uh, my dad's village where he was from. And then we went to my mom's village or where my mm -hmm. mom grew up as well and visited right. her family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what, what was that like, man? It was great, man. Like, I took some great pictures. I did some video stuff too, mm -hmm. um, and I just felt really connected, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I just felt like I wanted to keep building on that. Like, I wanted to keep that same, like, really just learning about my history, you know, learning about my family, where they were from. Yeah. How life was, why life was like that. Really, just trying to dig deep into mm -hmm. into that. You think? You think? Um it feels like there's a lot of people that wouldn't want to go back into their past. Like there's mm -hmm. like a lot of people that are like, I don't have a history. I'm, I'm me. Right. Why, 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 why didn't you fall into that mindset? You know what? I think because of my parents, because they took me there since I was young. They exposed okay. me, they exposed me to that early. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people, I know a lot of Salvadoran people, Salvadorans that were born in the U.S. that like their parents were like, oh no, it's too dangerous. We're not going back. Like, forget about that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's, it's. Or like people will go back, you know, younger people will go back, oh, it's hot, it's mosquitoes, I got to bathe with cold water, you know, like stuff like yeah, that. But yeah. my parents taught me to like that, you know, and yeah. they, they exposed me to that. Yeah. Um, man, that's wild. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm yeah. thankful for that, that they gave me that opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you're trying to navigate establishing yourself out of school, right? I mean, like you go through school. How do, how do you, how, like, so because when did you graduate again? 2014. So the rap. So I'm just trying to like think about you got 2015 is when you dropped uh, is Dear Speech was your yeah. uh, a better day that album mm -hmm. yeah so you make that album so there's actually even one before that okay I, I dropped in 2014 wait how yeah. do I not know that a lot of people don't know that <laughs> yeah it's only on Bandcamp okay yeah actually so is that one that project that you paid earlier the better day is also on Bandcamp yeah mm -hmm. but we dropped um, that one which I made actually on and off throughout college okay. I, I think I might have dropped that maybe late 2014. Maybe I did know, and I'm just forgetting, man. But because yeah. I definitely have gone in your band camp, so yeah. I would have seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got so you got 2014. Mm -hmm. What's that album called? Uh, recorded live from nowhere. 
Okay. I have, I have, I have checked. Yeah, it has like the, it has the Santana record on the front with the dove. Yeah. And I yeah, actually yeah. took that picture too. That was the first large format photography picture I ever took. Are you serious? Yeah. That's dope. Nice. Yeah. So you build that, you make that happen. What's that do to your head before you're getting ready to leave this? So you got that album before you graduate. Are you just thinking of these as like a thing I did? Or are you like hoping for like this could be a thing? No, I started, to, yeah, I wanted to feel like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like I want to pursue music. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what I graduated, I came back here. I, I was kind of like, you know, lost for a minute as yeah. far as what to do next. But um, I started helping. That's when I started helping my, my dad with, you know, the moving thing. Mm -hmm. So I was helping, you know, I was helping them. I was working. I was doing the books for them. I was because my dad, he used to work for a moving company. He was like the main contractor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would kind of communicate between him and the, the boss man and. And just, you know, help him dispatch and just do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to do that on top of still taking pictures. Yeah. And then still doing music. Mm -hmm. But in my mind at that time, I always saw everything separate. Like, I I never thought that I could yeah. mix the music with the photography. I got the photography thing and I got the music yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then you get out of school. Because I know the last time I saw you, yeah, you were going to L.A. to try to, try mm -hmm. to do some stuff, record or whatever. Yeah. So... How, what happened with that? How'd that go? Well, be, being in LA? Yeah. It was... Um, LA is rough, man. Yeah, man. LA's I think no it, it kind of... I mean, look, I got there and I just... I, I I got there with some money saved up, but that kind of quickly went out, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. LA ain't cheap. And then I was like, shit, I got to work. I yeah. got to work a couple jobs, you yeah. know? So I started to work a couple jobs. I, I started work on the food truck. I was doing catering as well. And just random stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was also making music. Hustling. I actually, yeah. So my, I moved in with my with my family on my mom's side. Um, actually, my grandma's my grandma's brother's family. And um, he had, they had they had a son. He was older than me, but he was like he knew that I wanted to do music. He was like, hey, I got a friend, man, that you know could help you out. And he introduced me to my friend Marcos. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, Marcos been working in the music thing for a while. You know, he him and his wife, they do video stuff too. Mm -hmm. So he heard my stuff and he was like, yo, he's like, you got talent. He's like, let yeah. me help you. Yeah, yeah, Let me help you. So he kind of, he put me on, like he recorded, he recorded me. He would mix my stuff. Nice. And mm -hmm. um, he would, he just kind of exposed me to that side of, of Los Angeles, you know, like yeah. the, the music scene. Um, But I just wasn't focused. You know, he would always yeah. like, yo, he'd hit me up all the time. Like, yo, what are you doing, man? Like, what's up? What's up with the music? But yo, I'm working, man. I gotta do this. He was like, dude, you gotta focus. I was like, yeah, I know, man. But and I started, I was still pursuing photography too. Like I met, I don't I don't know if you guys know the photographer Estevan Arroyo, you know, the guy the LA Fingers, you know, the big, mm -hmm. like it's like that main picture. Oh, but nice. he had, he had a photography show. I remember I heard about it and I went. And then I met another who ended up being a good friend, my friend Chris, and kind of his little photography, his friends, you know, that were in the photography thing yeah. too. So I met him and um, he he grew up in East LA and he him and all his friends were going to East Los Angeles Community yep. College. So I was like, you know what, man? Maybe I could do like a class there or something. Mm -hmm. Cause he they all used the dark room there. They all developed their film there. They would scan there and I didn't mm -hmm. have access to any of that. Um, so I ended up getting in contact with some of the professors at the community college and I did an independent study, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I did an independent study over there so I could still have access to the darkroom and photography yeah. stuff. So I was trying to do that on top of doing the music, wow. on top of working. Yeah. And I was just like never finishing anything, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. 
Dang. So I just got kind of caught up in that and, you know, just working too much. And um, yeah, man, I never buckled down and, and finished anything or just went on with that. And then, you know, my, my girl ended up moving to L.A. with me mm-hmm. eventually. And, you know, I just got caught up in, you know, that too. So it was yeah. just like I was never solely focused on the music or yeah. solely focused on the photography. And um, we both just kind of decided for a lot of reasons to move back. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents too, you know, my my brother was helping out with the moving company, but he ended up going into something else and they needed help, you know, they needed help. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back to Virginia. I'm going to help them and I'm going to just come out to L.A. to work when I can, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you, so you and your girl still? Yeah, we're still together, man. Same. Yeah. That's same dope. Girl. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember that's the last time we see we saw each other in my house. Like, yeah, yeah, that's so. right. That's right. Um, crazy man. So you didn't land a plane there, but you you made some music. I mean, yeah, no. <clears> I mean, I made a lot of the music. Like I said, a lot of the songs on that project. Okay, and a lot of other stuff. Like I made a lot of stuff. Yeah, I made a lot of music. I just never released was it. able to pull together release it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it more competitive than you thought when you got there? I mean, like, do you feel like you're like, yo, this is a big big place? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was, but you know what? It's everything was in front of me, man. Like, even through my friend Marcos and kind of him, yeah, like, everything was set there. Like, the people he knew, the things we were around, like, it was really just me. Like, wow. I just wasn't in the right space mentally, yeah, to pursue it, you know, right? But it was there, it was really just me. What a trip, man! Yeah, interesting. I think, I mean, listen, like, yeah, like. There's also like the fear of success, man. Yeah, that too. That too, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, and like the whole like a lot of there's still there's still a lot of things that that I you know I didn't vibe with and I mm-hmm. didn't and I was just like shit, man. This is not a it's not the most healthy place, you know. Yeah. I mean, they you know people from there might think otherwise, you know. Sure. That's, that's, that's all they know. That's life to them. Yeah. But to me, coming where I come from, you know, and and I like my peace and quiet, and I like. I always had this in my head, like, man, like, I miss the green. I miss the green in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, it was just, yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's probably wisdom in that, man. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I left, I left for, for a reason. I mean, I left where I live in, in Palmdale, the last place I lived in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I was, I don't know, 24. I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, I'm going to die if I stay here. Right. Like. It's different here, right? Like, and, and I got dreams. I don't know what they're going to land me in, but I know that I can't stay here or I will die. I won't make it. So I get, yeah, like there's something, um, saying I miss the green. I miss like, the green. That's deep. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's like, that's the like, same spirit that's not afraid to take a shower with cold water. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Like I would get out, man. I would get out of, well, the last place we lived in, me and my, me and my girl had an apartment in Koreatown. And it's funny because, so, it's in a sense, I've always feel like I've been following my family, you know, because, so we lived like five minutes down the road from MacArthur Park. Mm-hmm. Um, MacArthur Park yep. in Los Angeles, I don't know if you guys know, yeah. are familiar. Oh, like, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. That, and it's funny because that's, my dad tells me that's where he got dropped off when he first came to L.A. Whoa. He landed in MacArthur Park and, you know, and then, and there's a lot of Salvadorians there too, you know. And I remember just like go being biking through there the whole time and just you know being like man i don't know i just yeah yeah and i remember just getting out of my apartment and like right getting out of my apartment like there's just you know on the street just a row there's a big homeless community yeah, you know man. It's, it's like seeing them all the time and just walking through like you know piss and 
all yeah. that stuff and just seeing like these people, man. And it's not that I didn't feel for them, and but I'm just like, damn, it's just it was kind of being around that all the time, you know? Yeah, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, pe- like uh, that's something I hear about, but like I can't, like I can't even like yeah really understand that. Mm. You right, know what I mean, like, right, and, and and what you're saying, like. Um, it's probably easy from the outside for folks to be like, oh, but, you know, that's a terrible situation. It's like, but, but you're walking through it every day. Right. Like, it's like, so it's a, like compounded heaviness. Right. Every day. Like that, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like, like, you know, people, I do think people that are from Los Angeles, like they have, they're in a sense, they might be tougher mentally mm-hmm. on some things, you know, yep. they're used to that. They're desensitized to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing all that, but, um, yeah, man. I don't know. It was just it didn't feel like the best place for me at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Also, man, I mean not and not that this is not monolithic, but like depending on where you're at, man, the gang stuff is I mean, at least when I was there, yeah. gang, the gang stuff is is heavy. It's mm-hmm. burdensome, man. Um and and it's highly volatile. Like you can't you can't predict like how things are gonna go. Even yeah. when people you're close with. Yeah. So like I've been in situations where I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be here again, Yeah. but somehow I'm here and I got to figure out how to get, and it's like that keeps happening. And then you're like, yeah, there's just a lot of volatility, man. Yeah. A lot of potential that is not for your good. Right. And a lot of people that don't want to be there, but they're there. Right. You know, like even, man, I remember my mom, uh, was dating this guy named Greg Romero and Greg was like, had his life together when they started dating and man, like some things happened. They stopped talking for a minute and he went back to LA and we got to reconnect with him like a year and a half later. And he's he's grown man fully back into gangs, man. Yeah. About to go to prison. Is has been doing things that No, I mean, yeah, yeah gang it's just culture out gang there culture is, is, yeah. is you you almost it's, you have to to not to like it's like you're it's like damn if you do, damn if you don't, but it's protection as much as it is a threat. Right. You can't just you can't just like live independently. You know, in a sense, like it's it's depending on where you're at, the yeah. pressure is really, really demanding. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. Like if you're just being honest, like it's just scary. I mean, right there, I think in the time that I was there, the gang activity um, died down a bit. Gotcha. You know, died down a bit, yeah. especially where I was at, because where I was at is like Little El Salvador, you know, like MS is big there. Yeah. Like even still, I mean, you see it tagged everywhere, you yep. know. But it was, I feel like it was a little bit more discreet, you know. It wasn't like in the 90s and the 80s when, you know, yeah, gangbangers are on the corner, like, yeah, you know, posted. Was, I mean, I'm sure in certain areas you go to L.A. definitely, but. Yeah. So it had died down. Yeah, I think That's so. Yeah, because it was like Tortilla tortilla Flats, MS, 13, and yeah, there's several. Yeah, there's a uh, lot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely, like, I was there in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. It was scary, man. I mean, I you, bet. Know, you just grew up around it. It's scary. I mean, just stories, man. Yeah. And yeah. even my dad, my dad has stories, man. I remember he telling me, like, him and his, you know, his work, his coworkers would just be at a restaurant and, like, you know, just a, a gang of dudes would walk in, just, like, kick their asses, take their wallets, take yep. their phones and everything. Just, you know, that was, like, normal for yeah. him, you know? Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a meal and I'm going to get beat up. <laughs> Thank you. I just imagine all of them sitting afterwards, like, eating their meals and silence. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> their asses kicked. Like, yeah. <laughs> So you come back to the 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 green grass, the green side. You come back to the Shire and the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. flute playing, <laughs> <laughs> the romantic music. No, yeah, um, so you come back in. Uh, 
and you work, you're working, you know, with the family business mm-hmm. doing that. And then, uh, somehow you get to the, the point where you're thinking about art still yeah, thinking about gallery. Right. And then album drops, uh, Spanish album mm-hmm. drops on, um, Friday, this last Friday. Yeah. I do want to say though, the Dear Speech album, it's a dope album, man. Yeah. Way better than what, like in my mind, like top, like there's songs under like opening song. That's like mm-hmm. on some Nas stuff, man. It's like top shelf. Man. It's good, man. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Appreciate like, that. like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you tapped in that, like that well, that fast. Cause I remember listening to some of your stuff and being like, you played something for me. Like, mm-hmm. check this out. Yeah. And I was like, dang, dude, this is actually really good, man. Like, cause yeah. I've had students be like, check this out. And you're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're doing your thing. Keep, but I was like, it. I actually would listen to this. Like yeah, yeah, if I didn't know Appreciate you that. and I came across this, I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's like in my, I'm biased. I'm like, you're in my wheelhouse. Like what I love mm-hmm. about hip hop, you're speaking in that, that home, Yeah, you know, back in the day. Right. So seem seemingly really talented with language also understand your voice and then when i so when i hear your new album i'm like oh you really found your voice like you you like honed it in Mm -hmm. i don't know man the spanish makes sense to me man yeah but you know what like i still i have some some recent songs that are in just straight english too so i kind of just want to freely be able to do it just you know roll back and forth Mm -hmm. just really however i feel you know yeah i think that i'm yeah, we were listening to a 2020 song you did. So are you so so uh what's the what's your what's your name officially? It's Dicho. Okay. Dicho. Yeah, now it's right. Dicho. All right. Which I like to it. me I I picked Dicho too because before it was speech. Dicho yep. is kind of along the same lines, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So it's it's kind of the same thing. It's just like a translation almost. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you think that you'll continue to release? English and Spanish music sort of under those two names sort of parallel or you all switch over to Dicho? Yeah, I think it's all it's all Dicho now. Yeah. yeah. Just nice. kinda release it all under that. You gotta get some videos, man. I know. I know I do. You really yeah. do. Yeah, my friend Marcos, he's like, yo, before you drop it, you make sure you got like two, three videos lined up. But like, nah, bro, I just gotta do it. I just gotta do it. Like, yeah. you know? Cause I spent a long time just like, yo, I gotta do this and that and that and that. But I was like, Man, forget it. I'm just dropping this. Yeah. yeah. So what about um well, you know, that gets to the that gets to the heart of like you gotta have more it you know this already. That's the collaborative part, man. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you gotta you gotta have community that knows you and cares about you and vice versa. Yeah. So you can like share resources and make things happen. Mm-hmm. So you gotta you just gotta let you let it be known that you need video work like you're doing right now. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah, because yeah. there's probably people listening that might be down. Yeah, you're right. I mean I worked with look, I recorded I don't know if you guys saw it, but I did one video off of a track for that album. Mm-hmm. And we actually we shot it in November with my friend Sergio. We actually went to El Salvador mm-hmm. and we shot it in El Salvador. So mm-hmm. honestly I've I got some ideas for videos I want to do over there. Yeah. I got some loose ideas. Yeah. But um so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to do videos, but I also want to I want to go back to El Salvador to do a couple videos. Yeah, that's a no brainer. That makes sense yeah. to me, man. That sounds even yeah. Just thinking about it's just it's in the stories you tell. There's the imagery, mm-hmm. yeah. and then that's the people, and that puts you in the place. And I think you'll get it, and then you'll know how to like compose it once you got the raw raw material. Yeah, you know, like I would just go in there and shoot heavy. Yeah, you're just right. Get, yeah, just that's, that's what we did too with the last time we went. We were just like 
we went kind of the same deal. We went to my dad's village and then we went to visit my mom's where my mom grew up. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, the video just came out of that. All the yeah. footage from, from that travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you playing shows, man? Like what what's next? Yeah, I want to do some shows. I don't have anything lined up currently, but yeah. I, I definitely want to focus on performing live, you know? Now yeah. that I got an album, you know, just, just yeah. I, got a, I got an arsenal of music that I can perform, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. next. Yeah, so how do you look back at the, like, so going back to the 2015 album and this one, mm -hmm. when you make things, sometimes some things hold up and yeah. you're just like, no, nah, I still feel good about it. When yeah. you look back at the album, how you feel about it? You know, it's funny. I was listening to it on the drive over here. Uh -huh. I was just like, oh, I got to revisit this, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I was more, I'm like, damn, I was writing more back then. Like, mm. I feel like I got to get back to that amount of writing. Yeah. I was doing a lot more writing and, um, yeah, I feel like I got to get back to that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like that first, that first cut, man, just hit, open it up so strong. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, yeah, you you just gotta gotta. I don't know. I don't know what it is. If you got to get the, it's like the Rocky thing. Like you got to get in there and train. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> That's what it is, man. Like a, you got to. It's the self discipline, really. Yeah, to, to push myself to to make it a habit, you know. Yeah. Now I just, I mean, I write kind of whenever I feel like it now, but I've mm -hmm. been especially after dropping this. Like I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to like every day. I gotta commit at least a few hours to to writing or thinking of something you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i think you know it's interesting man i feel like if i had to think about a training schedule for for someone rapping it would mm -hmm. be be training like a boxer yeah because boxers train baseline there's technique and then there's fitness and then there's fighting right and then there's the fight you know the fight is the album production right the baseline is the is is like no nah, it's got to train yeah. And then there is within that, then there's like season, like, because if you think about the way boxers train, there's steady state training, and then there's technique work, and then there's, and I only, I'm not a boxer, so I don't know, but there's a little bit. And so, so but there are like rhythms. Mm -hmm. So you're not always training for the fight because mm -hmm. the fights only happen so much because boxers can only take so much, yeah. you know, like when you're really like there. And so there's, there's, um, boxers allow themselves to get out of shape a little bit in the training, you know, like, yeah. Cause they'll be working on technique, but they're not like, I mean, relatively speaking, they're in shape, but relative to fighting shape, that's a whole different deal. And I think if as creatives, sometimes we just think about losing and gaining, mm -hmm. but if it was, if, it, if you, if you saw it the way, like the a boxer trains, you understand you're in and out of season working on technique or not. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I got to get in fighting shape. Yeah. So, so if you think about your writing as getting in fighting shape. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I like that, yeah. Yeah, mm. it, then, then it becomes a mindset. A good way to look at it. Yeah, that's employable, that, that accounts for real life. Yeah. Because real life is not going to allow you to stay optimized unless you are, um, you know, unless you're like major record label. Yeah. But then, but then it's a whole other level. Like you see all these artists that uh, drop off and trip because of exhaustion mm -hmm. because you can't stay in fighting shape. All, we're not, we're just not constituted that way. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right, so right. like, yeah, so if you it's about a framework or a mindset that gives you uh, clarity on your life rhythms, it puts them into uh, perspective so that you can you can actually do it. Um, like your your life rhythms naturally might be telling you how to do it, yeah. but because they're not uh, formalized, you don't see them as part and parcel to how how things should unfold creatively. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so you mentioned that a lot of the songs on this most recent album were written in 2016. Like 2016, 2017, 2018. Okay, so mm -hmm. you sort of, so you had um, the 2015 album. Mm -hmm. And then what was it after that album that made you want to pivot 
to writing Spanish and making a whole album in that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think just being in LA period too, you know, still with that mind state that I want to figure out more about my family. Mm -hmm. I want to connect more with another reason too, why I went to LA is because of the big, uh, Latino, Chicano, uh, creative culture, Mm -hmm. you know, like the Chicano movement came out of LA, like all that creativity. Like I I knew that was there. And to me, it was just tapping back into my roots and then like being with my family, meeting Marcos, him pushing me to do that. Me, it just kind of, I was just submerged. I feel like in it Mm. and I had to, to learn it, you know, and I wanted to make music that my, my family could listen to, or, you know, people where I'm from could listen to and Mm -hmm. actually understand and connect with. Did you find there to be a lot of changes? We were talking a little bit on the way uh, driving here about, you know, you've got two languages you're competent in and there's all the history and metaphors built into the languages and the ways that you can like tweak your vowels and and, and change words so that they fit in with the flow, mm-hmm. but they're also still intelligible. What was it like to go from doing that in English and then pivoting over and doing that in a different language with yeah. its own history and background. Did, yeah. did that feel really natural? Um, it was, it required a lot of, um, what's the word? Um, what was it like? Uh, editing, yeah. you know? Me, me asking my mom or, you know, asking my girlfriend, like, hey, does this sound right? You know, am I, <laughs> am I saying this phrase right? Am I using this word right? Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of that, you know, getting checked by, or checking it with, checking in with people who actually speak Spanish, know Spanish. And also trying to read. I remember trying to read a lot of Spanish too. Mm. So that could so that would help me. But um it kinda I feel like my flow, I, I was able to maintain the same flow, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I tried to like keep that same um flow, but yeah. Well that's kind of what, what Ryan said earlier, like you listen to the two albums, you're like, Oh yeah, this is definitely the same guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it, a, it's a, a compliment. It's not like it's not like there's not distinctness, but it's the same quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which is what you'd hope for from a legitimate artist. Yeah, yeah, you'd expect, you would hope to see that in in, in good yeah, artists. Yeah, yeah. You see that mm-hmm. even if the albums have diverse concepts, yeah, it's still like on on quality, you know. And I think another reason too why I, I never or I hadn't released stuff either because I didn't feel comfortable 100 percent with my Spanish. I was like. Somebody might hear this and like, you know, that stupid voice in your head is like, somebody might hear this and think that this fool doesn't know how to yeah. actually speak Spanish. But um, I think, like, even some of those songs, I re-recorded like two of those from the original recordings because I was just like, I didn't pronounce that right. I didn't mm, say gotcha. that right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How, how were you? Go for it. I was going to say, so with your music, one thing, uh, you know, folks can kind of lead with different parts. So when you're going through and doing your process, uh, do you have like beats in your head that you're trying to find the words to, or do you have words in your head to trying to find the beats to? Like, like how does that how does that kind of predominantly work for you? You know, it's a mix. Sometimes I'll I'll write to like a DJ premiere instrument or like a mm-hmm. like a famous producer's beat, mm-hmm. and then I'll just I'll hear it, and then Manny, my friend, who actually. The guy who I told you guys got me into yeah, yeah. music a lot, was, had a big part of that, actually still produces a lot of my stuff. That's awesome. So DJ Rotation, who you know has like half of the production on the album, is him. Mm. And um, um, sometimes, like I said, I'll write a beat, I'll write it to another beat, and then Manny will send me a beat and it'll fit perfectly. Mm. You know, so it's like that. That's nice. Sometimes I got other friends who produce too, they'll just send me stuff and I'll listen to one of the beats they send me and they're like, all right, I got a song now. Nice. Or I ask producers too. I'm like, yo, what do you, you know, what kind of vibe you going? With? Like, what, what do you see somebody rapping about? You got a story in mind, something like that. So it's kind of a mix of everything. 
So with these uh, these producers, I mean, you got some relationships there that happen over time. Yeah. So uh, are there folks you're working with where you're able to kind of give some pushback on them, or are they folks who are just like, nah, that's my beat, like it's yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> no, thankfully, um, for example, with Manny, I can be straight up with him. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, he sent me a beat. I'm like, yo, uh, you got another joint? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not that it's bad, but it's just sometimes you know I can't write to every beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah for so, real. Sometimes it just, everything doesn't speak to me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, because the 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 current uh, your newest album. Mm-hmm. Um, when I put it on the first time, it took me back. It's funny you mentioned that it's from like uh, 16 and 17 because it took me back to almost like 2016. Really? Um, 2015, 2016. Because I remember finishing up grad school and sitting at my desk and there was music I was listening to while I was trying to finish grad school stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was it was in the same genre as your music. Yeah. And there was something about it that, you know, after all the interestingness of the last couple of years, like it was like an immediate, like it, it like hooked into something in my brain, and Damn. I was like, "This is, this is a joint to sit on." That's dope. What What were you listening to back then? Man, it was just a whole bunch of folks who kind of were coming out of that, like they were like out of backpack rap, mm. and were coming into like this sort of like lo-fi feel. The lo-fi, so you had yeah. some like lo-fi beats that were just going yeah. on with this, mm-hmm. that were really chill to like sit yeah. with, where you could just like roll around with the music. You could sit at your desk with the music. You could hang out with the music. Like mm-hmm. it was the music that could always be there. Yeah. And, and and not all hip hop will do that. There's a lot of hip hop where like if you're just chilling with somebody, like you can't have that on in the background. You know, that kind of hip hop doesn't really work. But what you're making, I was like, I can like throw this on at a cookout. Hell yeah. I can throw this on while I'm working. I can put it on my ears in the studio and it works well. But it, nice. what was nice about it is like, there's there's very little, I think to what Ryan was saying earlier, there's very little hip-hop that I think is being produced currently that gets me in the headspace of, like, the hip-hop that, like, I love. Yeah. Um, so it was just really amazing to hear that, like, oh, this was this was dropped last Friday, but it's something that, like, feels like it's been around for a minute. That's in awesome. In a really man. good way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, so <laughs> legit, say man. A lot of your music has history, which... Yes. Leads me to a question of like, what are you listening to right now? What's your what's your feeling about? Because I know there's like a lot of like backpack hip hop heads, mm-hmm. but that is like that culture is submerged. Yeah. So you have to be in it, in it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not in it, in it anymore at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm gonna be 47. Like I, I listen to a lot of the old stuff I used to listen to, mm-hmm. and something has to break out of the submerged and, and mm-hmm. I have to know someone or, um, otherwise I've like had it's weird. Like I've had my, uh. I was telling somebody this, um, I was telling my students this, it's a weird analogy, but they're asking like, how do you know when a work of art is done? And um, I'm just trying to find a way to reach them. So I'm like, I was like, you know when you, this doesn't sound dumb, but I don't mean to be, you know when you like turn the water on the bathtub or you go to quickly pour water into like a container, your initial effort is, can oftentimes be a little more careless. Mm -hmm. So you turn the water on, you can go run out, Mm check the stove, do something and the, you know, the water's filling, you know, you got time. But then as you move through the pro the, the time that it takes for the tub to fill or the cup to fill, mm-hmm. you, you get closer, you watch more carefully mm-hmm. and that becomes exceedingly heightened until it gets to the end. Cause yeah. you don't want to like spill over and, um, making, making things like that. Mm-hmm. Cause you fill up the form and you could be a little more, haphazard in the beginning but mm-hmm. as you get close to the end you, you start paying attention to details you slow down all of a sudden like you you don't pour the same way you don't 
Mm-hmm. Like you, you're ready to turn it off because you don't want to spill everywhere. You don't want it to become too too much or or saturated. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not, not to mix metaphors, but they kind of mix metaphors. Yeah. So like um, making things is like that. Like there's a point where you can't, where it slows down and you observe it more and you start to refine it more because you're closer to it now. And um, what you've done to fill up the space, the sonic space, like with your words, whatever it is, it starts to like, um, dial in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I forget why I was saying that now, though. We were talking well, about um, you were asking what I was listening to, and then you went to that. That's right. Thank you. So, I think that happened. Thank you. I think that happens to us as people. Like we fill up. We fill up. Like I, I didn't believe it when I was younger. I was like, nah, that's a cop out. But I, I honestly think it's not to say we can't take in new stuff, and I know that. But I do think if you're being honest, you you do start to fill up because. Certain sounds, cadences, uh, ideas, expressions—they start to stack and build on each other, and then you—they you, start to like reference each other in a way that's undeniable. And you go, I, "I understand this." And in fact, in in this like understanding, like you know, ten steps down, ten layers down, that's where it's the most catalytic for me. Like this rapper, this voice, mm-hmm. this R and B singer, like this, like whatever the genre is for yep. me. And so then I, and then you, you, so you, you don't really want to top it off with something that ain't as good as that. So you're yeah, like, yeah. you start paying closer attention to what gets in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause you can't, you can't just be as casual about what you take in. Cause you're like, I ain't got no time. Mm-hmm. I'm getting old. Like I only yeah. got so much time. Like I'm not trying to just take in anything. Right. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so, so I feel like that's an interesting challenge then as an artist, because, um, this it's give and take send a receiver input output like you're permeated you express like there's a whole interplay but man like when you get older like like i look at paintings a lot but very few people break into my mm-hmm. my layers if you will you know a lot of stuff just like spills out the top yeah. it doesn't yeah. stay in yeah anyhow that's a weird tangent but no i get that i get yeah. that no that makes a lot of sense um and i think yeah i think you're right there's a there's a compounding of it that's hard because if you're somebody that's also making, like mm-hmm. if we're doing that just as people who like kind of consume, you know, different types of media or art or whatever mm-hmm. else, like, yeah, it's, it's harder and harder to kind of like find a new thing that you really want to devote time to that you want to, you know, cause you, you don't also, have, yeah, you don't yeah. have the volume for it almost. No. But then if you're making, you know, part of the making process is that refinement, yep. like, like the, the career wise refinement. So yep. you're always trying to get to that, that point, that thing, that stuff you're trying to say, the stuff you're trying to do, the, the skills you're trying to perfect that you can't just go off and just do a million other things on the side. So yeah, I think it's a really interesting question of like within kind of that milieu that we understand, like, yeah, what, what do you, what do you listen to Tito? Like what? Yeah. What are you listening to, man? <laughs> man, I listen to a mix of stuff, but honestly, more than anything, I try to listen to records, just like mm. older music, yes. you know, cause that's also a thing I love to do. I love, I love collecting records. I love mm. having records, especially old Spanish music. Mm. But I mean, just honestly, a lot of R and B and soul too. Like that's, I love that music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, also Nas too, man. <laughs> like Nas, Dude. I can't even do Nas has stayed relevant f- like yep. yeah. from his inception, yep. you know? Yep. Like honestly, Nas is always in the rotation. Like his album, King's Disease too. Yep. His latest stuff, Magic. Like I run those albums a lot. The voice, man, there's certain voices that are like deep resonant voices, mm-hmm. man. Like archives, archives of experiences, like a living archive. Mm-hmm. So then it's voiced and it's like, 
Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, Let me see something. Yeah, I'm just gonna look. I'm gonna look through my Apple Music and see what I've been my recent stuff. Let's see. Well, honestly, I've been trying to actually dig into some uh, artists from like from um, from South America, Central America. So what? I got this dude named Apache. Mm -hmm. I think he's um, Venezuelan. Um, Mickey Woods. That's kind of like reggaeton stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Gorillas. I mean, that's like you know classic stuff. Yeah. But what? Then I got the Commodores in here. Yeah, you got got a room with Commodores. <laughs> um, what else? Um, Gangstar. Uh, I mean, so, uh, Premier, so Gangstar. Mix the that, that's Guru. Also, is Guru, also man. one of my favorites. <laughs> Guru is so good, man. Yeah. R.I.P. Dude. R.I.P. Man. Dang, that's crazy. I, I was a trip when he died. Yeah. That hit like that made me go like, oh man. And he was young too. He wasn't. He wasn't that old. Yeah, he was young. Yeah, he was like my age, I think. But it was Dang. cancer supposed to be right. Yeah, man. Cancer. Dang. Yeah, man. Yeah. That shit can get anybody any age. Yeah, that's 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 freaky, man. Man, so yeah, I, I was like, um, it's funny, man. I don't speak Spanish, but. I used to paint to a lot of uh, Buena Vista Social Club. Oh, nice. oh heck yes, yeah, that's yeah. Great. like a lot great stuff. Yeah, a lot. You seen the documentary, right? Yeah, 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 yeah man. That's good, man. Just the atmosphere, the cultural. Um, man, there's like I don't know how to talk about it, but there's like a cult, like in certain Latin American traditions, and like there's like a cultural ease in places where we're uptight. If I, if you were trying to make two things that were similar and they overlapped, you see the overlap of two types of people or, or cultures that are, that are commonality, mm -hmm. but then where it's super rigid, you'll see like a openness and they're not in the same spots, if you yeah. will. So like, uh, and I think part of it, man, is I was talking to another um, former student who maybe is from El Salvador as well. But the thing that he, he, was, he was saying to me was when he went home, family was like a real thing. Like, so you go home and he's like, like family's a given there. Like nobody's questioning the value of family. Right. He's like, when I come here, it's not, it's just not like, like being here, it's not like that at all. What are you saying, being in Richmond or being in? Yeah, like being in Richmond, being in the United States. Yeah. But mm -hmm. when he goes home, he's like, he's like, there's an ease. Like I can rest. He kept saying I could rest. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know how to explain, I can rest. Yeah. I was like, what do you think it is? He's like, and he was like, families. Not just my family, just families. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, man. That just this an existential awareness, like an existential rest in the relationships of families and some of the jubilance or like the joy, mm -hmm. you know, the come like the fellowship, if you will. Yeah. And I feel like you're all throughout this talk, that's like just coming through mm -hmm. with you, actually. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's something about that that, that isn't talked about enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, family, that's essential, man. Yeah. I mean, as much, I mean, I think American kind of society or culture in itself kind of is not family. Well, I mean, maybe traditional, maybe traditionally it is, mm -hmm. but I, I think where it's at now is not um, I don't, maybe family oriented. Mm -hmm. I mean, people just work themselves to death, you know? People don't really spend time with their families. Like, we're yeah. not... Families aren't connected, you know, divorce rates, all that stuff. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not really. Yeah. Yeah, man, we don't. Yeah, I guess we don't live in an ideal familial society. If that makes, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we definitely don't. But that I think, you know, some of the stuff you were talking about earlier with, uh, you know, even just kind of the neighborhoods you were living in mm -hmm. uh, in L.A. when you were starting this album. 
And then some of the like uh, some of the live sound or natural sound you were recording mm-hmm. that you put into it, especially during that intro. Yeah, you know, like there's there's obviously stuff going on. Yeah, right. You can go to so many kind of neighborhoods in America where it's just quiet. You might hear like a lawnmower, but that lawnmower is not being run by somebody that lives in that neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Nobody's outside of their house. They're all mm-hmm. inside. Um, but a lot of that live sound is like going on in these places mm-hmm. where there seems to be a bit more vibrancy to the community yeah. in terms of like outside and doing things. Yeah. Um, so why, I mean, why are those sort of things like, why, why were you drawn to like those sounds even to be a part, like to jump off an album? Like yeah. why would, why would that be something that kind of sticks out to you? So to me, so actually, so that the, the opening to the, the album mm-hmm. is a mix. I layered um, sounds from MacArthur Park mm-hmm. and then also uh a street market in El Salvador, in San Salvador. Oh, nice. So I layered both of them on top of Dope. each other. And it sounds like it could be the same place because mm-hmm. you're in MacArthur Park and it feels like you're in San Sa- a That's market genius, in San Salvador, man. you know? Yep. Yeah. So, I nice. mean, and to me, like, just Raiz de Quesa, like, that's where my dad's came through, you know, when he mm-hmm. first came. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, that just, like, you know, and then it's like pretty much just all market talk. They were, like, trying to sell stuff, saying yep. they got food. Mm-hmm. And now you, yeah, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sense of place. Yeah. yeah, it puts you in a sense of place without right. question. Right. Yeah, it, and like, what's dope about that opening? Maybe we could play. I mean, it's, I think the opening to the 2015 Dear Speech album, mm-hmm. and then uh, Better Date, and then the opening to this, it'd be worth putting both of those on for a second on this episode. Yeah, we could totally do that. Yeah, so it'd be cool. Yeah, so people could hear, kind of hear it with reference. So maybe we'll plug it in. Mm-hmm. You'll know where to plug it in, Gareth. But um. <laughs> But both, what I like is that you're uh, you're establishing a sense of place. Yeah, because people have to have a sense, like whether it's an abstract or surreal or uh, otherworldly. It's still a it, we're we are embodied beings that we inhabit our our bodies and inhabit space. So like you're always in a sense of place, and I think a lot of transmission of communication happens best through persons in a place. Yeah, um, as opposed to like an abstract communication that. Mm-hmm. descends on you almost it's like we now we're we're kind of like dirt people we're like earth people like we're close to the ground people yeah because yeah. we i think we live in like a communication structure right now that's like so depleted of anything that really matters that like we get told what is actually the case without ever anybody showing us what's going on so i think something that resonates really with me about that that intro to the new album even is is like you're gonna like show us like musically you're gonna show us this place these places yeah. And then you're going to tell us. Yeah. So it's not, somebody's not just talking at you saying, this is what you believe. This is what you, it's just, it's actually saying like, here, here's what it is. Yeah. And history and family and stuff, all this is a part of it. And so now I can tell stories out of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you show me the fertile soil. Yeah. Now you can show me what you grow with it. Instead like of just that. saying, here's what it is. Just believe that that's, that's all true. Right. Because yeah. there's, there's the place and then there's the verb to be placed. Mm-hmm. somewhere and that mm-hmm. opening does that sonically like it it places the listener into that space that you just described yeah which sets the soundscape for everything that then follows and that's a nice. very different level of respect for your listener because you're inviting me into something you're doing you know in the same way that like with our gallery we'd invite you into the space to experience the thing we wouldn't just like shove a painting in your face on the street right you know and i think so much like highly commercialized hip hop can kind of be just like that painting in your face. Mm-hmm. Like it's good for what it is. It does its thing, but it's not necessarily inviting you into something. Yeah. 
with, with both the albums of yours I've listened to, um, I think both of them do a good job of like inviting the listener into an experience instead of just kind of like, here's something you're just going to layer on whatever activity you're doing. It's like, no, I can stop and this can be my activity because I'm in it. You've asked me to come into it. And that's the thing, man, with headphone music. I mean, it's, it is, so I've, you know, you're in that lineage, like you talk about Nas, you're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. Mm-hmm. like, you know, I've, my first artist talk was referring to that album and going to New York after hearing that album. Oh, really? That album made me, I, I said, that's when it changed my art. So when I went to New York, I had never been, and I had felt like I'd already been there because of Nas' music. Mm-hmm. So it like it had told me about a place I hadn't yet visited. Yeah, dude. That's so dope. I gave a talk on that back in '04. That's and dope. Yeah, yeah so that was like, the that was the Beastie Boys for me. Same experience. First time I went to New York, I was like, I know these places. Yeah, because right. I've been hearing people tell me stories about. Yeah. Them. Right. So I'm on the subway, and I'm already I'm like, oh, I was prepared to be here through Nas' music. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and some other cats, but like, and not just yeah. yeah. Not just pop. lyrically, but like the whole Sonically. sound, Son- yeah. soundscape. I mean, and Nas does a good job with that too. Like you hear the intro, like some yeah, of them, man. like he has like the old school subway, all that. Yeah. He, he does a great job. Of yeah, that too. subways. I mean, so like I got off the subway, and I could when you you know there's a distinct experience the first time you go on a subway, and then you come out of the subway into daylight, and you're in the middle of New York. Yeah, for the first time, and all of a sudden the the sounds change. They're, they go from um, inarticulate to articulate, like, mm-hmm. like you know, where you start to uh, like things become more legible, and you can see, you can hear, like, mm-hmm. why sound sound a certain way? They're bouncing off people in proximity of buildings and height of buildings. All that is creating like an instrument. Yeah, and um, that's when I, that's when I really was like, oh, I want to do that with visual art. I don't think I've ever done it, but it's been a goal ever since. Yeah, it's been a striving. Like it was like, oh, music does this. Yeah. Yeah. Like to the idea that it could prepare you for somewhere you haven't been yet has been like the superseding idea for me ever since going to New York in 03. I think it was 03. And I gave a talk in 04 about it. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I changed my art changed. Everything changed. I mean, I had my whole faith perspective came into focus. All that stuff happened, but yeah, all of it started to like coalesce around the same ambition, like like that's a powerful thing that you could um it's like the ultimate in welcoming somebody it's yeah. like to to be able to put them somewhere mm-hmm. in preparation to really be there yeah i don't know man that, that's like welcoming somebody to your home yeah it's hospitality in a weird way it's like un it's not like the coolest way to say it when it comes to music but it is like is this hospitable can i enter into it and then and then can you like lead me through it you know and then if you can do that for people well, then you're preparing them to be in the midst of people that are not around really mm-hmm. and truly. Yeah. The world needs that. You know what I'm saying? When you think about the disparity of uh, folks right now and the way they fight and everybody's isolating and it's, <clears throat> I don't know, man. So, something about um, even not being so digitized that you, like, you know, like when you, you can hear like, that's the sounds weird, but you can hear like Nas breathing when he raps. Mm-hmm. Like, like eliminating all that, making people so digital that you, you can't hear your, you can't hear you. Mm-hmm. That's something that I feel like you caught in your music is like letting it actually be out of your, out of your vocal cords and not digitized to the point that your humanness is gone. Yeah. That's important to me, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like that, man. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it, it kind of makes me think, you know, you <clears throat> talking about, um, you know, buying and listening to records Mm -hmm. and i know that's always one of those those qualities people talk about you know so i i kind of laugh i got i got family members that are younger that buy like 
new records and i'm like you know it's just a digital file that they put onto a record like yeah. it doesn't have that same like white noise doesn't have that yeah. same you don't hear the right. everything wasn't recorded live a while. yeah all the instruments and so you don't have a lot of those like those those mistakes those little bits that you can catch that are fun little easter eggs in there you know mm -hmm. and stuff like that but also there is like there's a warmer tone you know to a needle on vinyl oh, yeah. um that i think produces some of that 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 humanity and everything which I, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever really a draw or if that's something that's even <coughs> on that level has kind of come into play with like uh, when you like sample or loop stuff. Like is there is there something about vinyl in that sampling and looping uh, that's outside of just like the, the music itself, but is there something about the medium of it that has ever drawn you to it? Definitely. I mean, the physicality of it, right? Having a record, having seen the album art, taking care of the record, you know? Mm. Um Definitely that. And like you said, it just, it's a different quality of sound. Um, and even like, I think eventually I, I do want to get to like playing more, playing with the band or like live mm -hmm. music, you yeah, know? Yeah, man, dude. Yeah. 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 So eventually where I want to get to, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just real music. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know? Well, let's, man, do a, let's do a show. Let's do it. Do a, a photo <laughs> show and then you play live at the gallery. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll be down. All right. Do we it. We got to figure out a deadline. Hey, we'll, you we'll tell me that I, I like deadlines. You need a deadline. I need a deadline. I can I tell. Do. You need a deadline. I do, man. We, we should, should do um, it, man. Yeah, that's sick. That would be dope. Yeah. You should get some uh, some vinyls pressed at the new album for it. Hey. That would be, that'd be crazy. Well, I mean, I got one. I got another one in the car. I didn't know how many people were going to hear, but I got cassettes for you. Oh, dude. Yeah, we will keep one of those yes, in the studio. Nice. Right. And you, I'm going to get you oh. one before I leave, bro. Oh, oh, what's I got up, man? Dude. dude, I love this so much. <laughs> man, back in uh, 20... <laughs> you heard the collective. Whoa. He's been waiting to pull this one down. But it's funny. I've been telling my mom and like my and some people, like I'm pressing cassettes. They're like, Cassettes, man, like no, nobody, nobody got cassettes. Like, dude, I got a cassette player in my car, and <laughs> I am probably not going to put this in it in case it just totally destroys. <laughs> Yo, we got nah, a cassette dude, player is, in the house. Oh this yeah, is dope. that yeah, old school, dude. Yeah, that is man. slick, man. I love, yeah, man. That's what's I up, love man. when people do stuff like this. Like, it, it shows. It really does show you care about the music. A lot of people talk about like. You know, making something like this, like it's just a fetish deal, right? You just like, yeah. you like the object, you like to touch it. It's like, yeah, that's part yeah, of it. And yeah, so, and but, so, it's yeah. so dope. But honestly, it, it sounds different on cassette too. It, yeah, does. it does, man. Because like all the, all the music that I listened to as a kid was me in, I'm the youngest of four and we lived out in a pretty rural area in Virginia. So we did a lot of driving and we had like just big like Ford Econo van and it would just be hours of mm -hmm. us just driving, you know, to and from church and errands. Popping like cassettes in, <laughs> switching them around, and yeah. so that that sound, that hiss, that that fuzz, man, that, oh, that yeah. compression, that fuzz, yeah. oh yeah, the compression of the cassette. Dude, that's my, I mean, that's, that's my amazing. sweet spot because my parents had were avid record collectors, so like I really? grew up going to record stores. Like you're like we've told told these stories before, but and then and then what was um what's the tape before? Oh, what was it called, man? Um, the A track, A tracks, man. Yeah, my dad, and and like that really impacted me because I got vivid memories of like red, red A tracks. So if you mm -hmm. look at my box paintings, there's some kind of nod to A tracks. My box paintings are a nod to cassette tapes. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. like the same, the same dimension, uh -huh. the nice. same, um, and just all the experience of like this, you know, yeah, like man. skateboards, like the internal this. rattle, yeah, the rattle, all of that, all of these weird like little touches, man, that you grew up with. So I have all, I have a lot of my rap tapes. Yeah, dude, and, we um, go on these field trips. And uh, you'd have like your your Walkman and your tapes, yeah. And your backpack would just be like rattling, rattling. The time you're walking, <laughs> yeah. 
I'll never forget. I mean, I've told the story too, but I bought that. It was when Slick Rick came out of, out of jail. Okay. Yeah, he got out of jail. And he made that song with Outkast. Which dun, one? Dun, 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 dun. I forget how it, but uh, um, Slick Rick and Outkast are on this jam. I forget how it goes. <laughs> something blah, 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 blam. It was dope though. And I was like, oh, I'm buying this, man. So I go. And people at the like at the record stores and like Best Buy still making fun of me because we're like deep CD, you know, CDs. And I'm like, you know, it's like nine, I forget what this was, ninety eight man or something, man, ninety nine. And uh, I get in the car and I'm loving it. And street then, talking. Uh, yeah, is that what it is? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think it's street talking. So I play it, and um, I think it was street talking. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, it's got Outcast on it. So yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I put it in, and then loving it, and then my radio ate up my tape oh and i was damn. like it was like i turned the car around and i went and bought like 200 dollars <laughs> worth of cds <laughs> yeah you man, just replaced crazy. everything i you spent had. my whole this. paycheck i had a whole paycheck i turned around i was so mad and i went back mm-hmm. and just basically bought your entire collection. i didn't buy my tire but i was like i gotta start somewhere so i yeah, bought yeah. like yeah. Um, Try Call Quest albums, boom. So here's like, like the, yeah, here's like the <laughs> 10 top CDs yeah. I gotta have. That I gotta have first. I was like, I, I was so mad, you know? Yeah, it was funny, man. I, so that's how, I, that's how I ended with tapes, man. With that's the thing Rick. too, man. I just messed up a tape like two two nights ago, a Beat Nuts tape. I put it in because uh, I, I, I got this old cassette. I got a Technics cassette player of eBay. Nice. And I, I messed with it. Like I watched the video. I messed it. I got it to work. Mm-hmm. But like every now and then it just, just kind of does its own thing. Man. Just messed it up. Hurts, dude. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. But well, vinyl, man, that's I've thought about it, but I'm like, is this is this album even good enough to put on vinyl? I mean, because I'm like thing, vinyl, like, you know, like it has to be like a masterpiece. You know? Yeah, who's producing? Like, so are you are you doing the pro- mastering and no so, production? So my friend Marco said, okay, Marco's doing He still okay. he mixed it, and then he actually put me onto this um, this guy who started this thing called Drive Through Mastering, mm-hmm. and it's like affordable mastering. Like you send it, and it's, it's like fifty bucks a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it, like there's like it's like a startup. They're they're doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it got mastered by them. It got mixed down by him and mastered by him. We need to put our heads together, man. We'll get a grant or something right. to get a record press. Because the thing That's is, like, like, first of all, history of vinyl proves yeah, yeah, yeah. that you don't sick. have to. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that were pressed that are maybe not going back, worth going back to. Right. right, right. But all that to say is like, I don't know. I don't have a huge record collection, but I've got some stuff. And just the physicality of being like, this is a thing that was made and I get to hold it in my hand yeah. and it marks a time and a place and a group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like a file on my computer I'm going to forget about. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Dude, records are like slivers of a tree. Yeah, and then they just mark like the, a time. They got like records like the tree rings, man. They're yeah, like, yeah, they uh, really absolutely. are. They yeah. really are. And then yeah. you got the, just the large format to have your image on the front. Yeah, man. I, w- I would not. Ha- I would not say no. I gotta wait till I make like the ideal album. Actually, it's like more fitting to. Nah, yeah, it's like it's actually more fitting to make the because like back when they made albums, people weren't stressing like like music artists would make like three albums in one year, and some would be like you. would 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 not be a, a pop success, but then like later you dig back in the archives and be like, that's a dope album. The reason why there's albums for you to dig back in is because people made great music, but they weren't like like they were trying to get stuff out there constantly. And so like that's where you get like these B sides and like, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about yeah. like Q tip just digging in the crate and, and finding like the the richness of untapped soil. Like there was people were just putting stuff out there. You're right. The spirit was just to get it out there. More You're than right. it was to like 
you know, perfect it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, that'd be dope. That'd All be right. dope. <laughs> well, speaking of that album, you got you got any other tracks uh, on the album specifically? The new one that you uh, you got some stories about, or some uh, some some fun bits you want to give us? Um, let me think, man. We have people that listen to the podcast in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. that's dope. Yeah. Damn. And right um, now we've been like, I don't know how. <laughs> we were ranked like number fifteen in Japan for a minute, man, on the podcast. Really? Like, like last <laughs> oh, week. Shit. We dropped yeah. down to 75 and then we're down to, I forget what, but like Damn. every now and then, man, we'll start popping off in a different country, like over the years. Like, That's sick. Yeah. How long have you guys had this podcast? Is it three? Oh, three years. Three years, man. Three yeah. years? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, not not that long, but yeah. still like we've, we've been listening to a lot of countries. I'm not, that's not, I'm saying, so I, I only say that to say, I never acknowledge that, but I said to say that we got a lot of listeners. So like mm-hmm. I only said to encourage you, like. We have people that are listening from other countries that maybe English isn't their first language, but also, uh, I'm, I'm sure we got Spanish-speaking audience listening. Yeah. Let me think. I already forgot the track list, man. <laughs> That's why you brought that tape. That's why I brought it. Um, Presión. I mean, that track, personally, that's my favorite track on that project, Presión. Que no 
gusta en los pies, el camino que quieres se casa en un 2 por 3 aunque sea una quebrada una calle pavimentada con estrategia y calma, nunca a la brava, yo no escribo por nada yo escribo de alma siguiendo lo que me da gana, esto no es pa' fama, esto es pa' mi mamá, Lupe Rosa y Blanca Descansando entre cielo, me levanta, me el suelo. No usted da ayo con suelo, escribiendo rapeo como bolero. Palabras a robo vivo, pero no me llame. No quisieron, yo simplemente espero que revienten antes del entierro. Revolución interno, no necesita monumentos, la ruina está por dentro. O excavando, respirando, o empezando, nunca alaborotando, solo enseñando. La solución está en nuestras manos. Presión es pressure, right? Mm -hmm. um, the core is esta presión que yo siento, this pressure that I feel, me quiere matar el tiempo, wants to kill my time. Mm. Pressure feel wants to kill my, me quiere matar el tiempo. And then it's uh, el miedo que nos meten, the fear that they put in us, is um, el miedo que nos meten is, is an illusion. Don't let it get to you. Um, mm. Now I look in the mirror um, to realize my my um to realize the now look in the mirror to realize the consejos is like advice mm -hmm. so if i'm translating it right um now look in the mirror to realize my advice and then okay so damn i need this like right in front of me but um okay so i look in the mirror to realize the advice And then, and then at the end of the day, it's my right, something like that, man. Mm -hmm. But um, but to me, that that song, like especially with like everything that happened, it's been happening in these past years, like 2020, all the craziness that that year brought. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just what I felt was just like this society of just like fear mongering, you know. Mm -hmm. And to me, like that song. That song gets me like that's to me that that song is the most powerful song on the on the project to me you know mm -hmm. um, and then you know I love it because the uh, the end of the beat the producer this dude Marty who I actually don't know personally but Marcos put me on it's one of Marcos's friends um, he switches it up and it like goes to like kind of like some like upbeat kind of thing and you know I'm just like talking about my ancestors and my family and pretty much saying that, you know, I don't do this for the fame, I don't do this for nothing, I do it for my mom, my grandma, and mm -hmm. like, you know, and that. So probably that track is, like I said, probably the ones that. See, that's great, I like that, because um, it's a great track. That's dope, man. <laughs> and what you're saying, like, makes it even better. Because I think about, like, uh, you know, we talked about it on the podcast, where we talk about things like pressure, and like where it comes from, what's valid pressure, what's not. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we listen to the wrong pressure, and we don't listen to the right pressure. But it's one of those things like you're talking about doing it for like your mom, your grandma, like that's a pressure in in which you could actually flourish under that pressure, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not a pressure that's seeking to destroy you. It's like they want what's good for you. Right. So right. that pressure that they're bringing forward, like that's a pressure, like choosing to hear that pressure and let that be something. Right. You know, so you hear people talking about like, I, I, there's a lot of things I would do for my family that I wouldn't do for myself, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like. Yeah, there's jobs I would take. There's stuff I would do. There's things I would I would put off for my family, right. for the pressure that they bring. 
that I wouldn't do if it was just me by myself. Right. I find some other way. Right. But there's a pressure that I think kind of makes us better that seeks uh, to build and uh, it seeks to, to, to generate something more. And then there's pressure that, like you said, just trying to destroy you. Right. It's just trying to kill you. Right. You know, and a lot of times I, I, yeah, I just think that what we do is we give way too much uh, importance to the pressure that wants to destroy us, mm-hmm. yeah. even while we're going through it and we know it. Yeah. And we're just like, this is bogus right. and stupid. We have these conversations with students all the time where they're like, there's so much pressure about this, this, and this. I was like, do you yeah. believe it? Right. Do you buy it? Yeah. And they're right. like, no, I don't. It's like, well, well what, what could you buy? Right. What could you believe? Like, what would make you want to do this work? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a, I think it's a, it's, that's, that's, that's strong. And I love, uh, I love you talking about that. That's, that's, that's fantastic. It's also interesting because, you know, getting back to talk about how the time that we live in is not one that's maybe most oriented towards like the sorts of family that you described. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times people will cite bad family pressure as, you know, a reason why they're like, oh yeah, you know, my family pressured me to do all this stuff. Um, but there's like the absence of any family pressure, then you just, you, in a way you're opened up to be just pressured by anything. Right. So right. that's like, you could be pressured by people who care about you and who know you and who hopefully nurtured you. Right. And, you know, admittedly, some people have really rough family backgrounds and right. didn't experience that. But then you just kind of go out in the world and um, like you're saying, it's so easy Then suddenly everyone's trying to pressure you mm-hmm. for their own ends. Mm. They don't really care about you. They're not really interested in what your future is other than maybe what uh, it does to help them. And so it's interesting to think about how family can be sort of like a protection and a help against just that sort of exposure yeah. to the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I got my views, but so, so I think, um, yeah, I have the say this. I still think family is the um, foundation for society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, I, I still, I hold to that. Yeah. Like if you want citizens that love and care for people, then raise a family and ground them in something bigger than yourself. Yeah, you can't you can't choose what you haven't seen. Yeah, and if yeah, you haven't yeah. been loved and cared for, you can't do it for you others. You can't do it for other people. And so you, then you, what you do is you complain and push it off onto someone else to take to step in and do it. And that's how you get like government pressures. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get like totalitarian effort. Like I mean, it's it's a whole conversation, man. Yeah. But we're being pressured not to be able to talk about it, mm-hmm. right? And people are being like expunged from the internet yeah. for even remotely trying to talk about it. Yeah, it's wild. And it's, people are just eating it up, man. Like yeah. thinking it's all right. Mm-hmm. You know? People haven't seen what your parents saw in El Salvador. Right. Exactly. So they don't know. Exactly. It's like when I mean I, I don't want I want to walk real careful here, but like mm-hmm. sometimes I would like I work with some academics and I'm like, have you ever seen like what it could be like when um have you ever been around gangs? Like have you ever yeah. been around like what real violence looks like? What like the pressure of drug dealing does to people? Mm. You know, I I mean I have. You know, like yeah. like have you if you haven't been around it, then you that's just like a abstract idea that's political to you. But like if you've been in like like I remember Epstein talking about being forced to be a Russian paratrooper in Russia mm. and having to actually kill people. Are you talking about Epstein? Albert um, Epstein and remember Albert Epstein from AFO? Do you, do you remember him? He was a he taught in Com Arts Communication Arts. Oh no, 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 yeah. So he he passed from cancer, unfortunately. Oh, but yeah. he told me stories, told some students some stories. He was a Russian paratrooper. He did not choose it. He wanted to be an artist, but he was not allowed to do that. He had to go and serve and yeah. jump out of airplanes right. and fight people, and he did. Right. And uh, he said, "I had no control." 
I remember they, there was a talk at VCU in maybe 2016. And they were talking about like, some folks were kicking on, kicking on some socialist stuff. And Epstein stood up and he was like, you guys are spoiled. He's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. He's like, I came here for a reason. You have no idea what you have here and what you're trying to turn it into is what I left. And the room was quiet because no, no, you know, nobody could pull rank on right, this right. experience. But I'm just saying it's more complex than that. Yeah. But, and I'm saying that um, uh, authority will always be deferred to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that there's no hierarchies is a, is a, is a lie. So when someone says there's no hierarchy, then they then they become the hierarchy. Why, by what authority? Oh, I, I'm saying it. Okay, cool. So you're the hierarchy then. You're the authority. So what do you base it on? Well, I don't. Well, then then you're not the authority. Well, no, there is no authority. Right. So I either take what you say or I don't. Well, now let me create a narrative where you're just not allowed to participate in the conversation anymore because I've got a logical answer for that. So that's what's happening. All the while, we are marching headlong into having someone else tell us everything. What to think, what to say, what to do, what to eat, when to eat. Like they're already doing, um, I forget what country it is, where they're, uh, you, you can't turn on the heating after a certain point. And if you do, you go to jail. Hmm. If you turn your heat on, you go to jail. So, I don't know, man. I mean, so yeah, like. it's crazy. Yeah, so, so like that's a top-down imposition. I think family has the potential to be a ground-up uh, flourishing. Yeah, yeah. A, a humble, stabilizing People, like I always say, people don't um, dance. Ice people don't ice skate and dance on um, lakes that aren't frozen over. Right. If the ground's not solid, there's no ice skating. Uh-huh. So if you just keep walking that out to any any instance, there's no. If the ground is solid, I've said it before. But then you ice skate. Then then people play, and people court each other. Like they they fall in love. To, you know, like you think about all the human endeavors. Like you get people that. Uh, uh, get to enjoy watching ice skaters skate, dance, build ice castles. Like just as a metaphor, stability builds flourishing and freedom. Right. So um, ground up. When it's top down, it suppresses, crushes, controls, micromanages, and the human spirit withers and uh, perverts and distorts and uh, defaults to what is permitted, which is all internal and has no import or impact on anybody else because it's all inward focus. So mm-hmm. now you're just like a pod, you know, you're stuck in a pod with your internal workings of what's permitted. And even then, like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of still being told what to think. Mm-hmm. So you have to discipline your mind away from not thinking things that maybe are not permissible, but based on what, you know, based on what standard, by whose, by whose authority. And uh, so I, I, I know that's tangential, but I think like, uh, I'm, I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know exactly the total flow of the conversation today, mm-hmm. but I'm super glad that family just keeps coming up that you chose yeah. to talk about that song, man. Like, cause I think a lot of people are starved for family. They're right. starved to be known and loved. And also like, you need to be able to mess up with somebody. Like you need to know how to like be an imperfect yeah. being cause you're not perfect. So you right. need to know how to actually say the wrong thing and be forgiven. And, mm-hmm. um, you need to know that you come from somewhere and it matters. Like mm-hmm. there's all these things that these identity pieces that we're trying to like dislodge, mm-hmm. but it's like, you need, you know, it's like, uh, as a father, um, my kids will come up and hug me 
when I'm not looking for it or, or necessarily wanting it. And then I'm confronted with uh, the abundance of love that I longed for as a kid that I have now, like not knowing who my real father was, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So like what I'm saying is like, like a family can give you, th gives you things you don't even know you need. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I thought about what you said, you know, because the truth is right that not everybody has great relationships with their families or some people just don't know family, period. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like you said, deep down, I think that's something that, I mean, just that love, that support, because mm -hmm. your family's not always your direct family. Sometimes your family's a, somebody from- Totally. That has no blood that yeah. you do, you, you know? Mm -hmm. But just that community, that support, that mm -hmm. love, um, I think more so than anything, even, I mean, family still, but even more so just community, right? Just, yeah. yeah. People who love and support you. Yeah. So if you think about it, healthy family gives a picture of what healthy community looks like. Exactly. So that, and that mitigates against mm -hmm. uh, unhealthy family. Right. So, so that you're like, oh, it's, you don't throw a baby out with the bathwater. It's like, no, not everybody's perfect. So you're not, nobody's got perfect family. Some people have great family and they don't know it until later. Then yeah. they're like, oh, my family wasn't so bad. Yeah, yeah. That happens to most of us. Yeah, too, yeah. I, mean, I definitely yeah. felt that the yeah. older I get, especially being a parent now, um, looking back and just being like, man, like so much more appreciation for like what my parents did and what they sacrificed, you know, what they didn't do mm -hmm. so that there could be stability and like healthiness and enough to go around for me and my siblings. And like the older I get and, you know, I'm, I'm facing that myself with my kids and being like, yeah, all these questions that you have as a parent, like questions that every parent has when they're looking at their little ones and being like, what do I do to keep this person yeah. safe? And like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. world's crazy. And mm -hmm. I want to see them become an adult who's like well-adjusted and, and helpful to society and still has a good relationship. Mm -hmm. There's all these unknowns. And so I just, do you have more and more, you know, I feel like everyone maybe has to go through a time. It doesn't have to, but a lot of people go through a period where like, they really have to come to terms with the flaws of their family. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And now ever since then, it's been like, oh, but there was so much goodness right. that I've benefited from. Mm -hmm. right. um, you know, talk about the difference between like pressure or motivation. I think mm -hmm. about the idea of motivation is pressure, but it's a supportive pressure in a good direction mm -hmm. as opposed to the sort of pressure that comes down and just crushes you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think about my parents, I'm like, yeah, like so much of what they set in motion is, is that motivating motion that continues to help me go forward. And now I've got my own family. I try to do that with my kids and I've got all you guys um, right. who know me. So yeah, dude. Hey, um, real so fast. What do you do with, you got any critiques for contemporary music? For contemporary music? I'm putting you on the spot. You drill rap. I mean, you don't drill rap. I mean, hey man, for me, honestly, a lot of the stuff, I mean, there's a lot of gimmicky stuff, right? It's always the, what, cash, drugs, hoes, like it's mm -hmm. all, that's just, but to me, that's a reflection of America. Mm -hmm. That's American culture. Like what is, what is, what is everything really about? Everybody trying to get money, everybody trying to, you know, sex, the sex culture, drugs, everything. It's, it's just a reflection of yeah, society, people get right? so far that they're like, they equivocate, so like sex is a drug. Right. I mean, like they, they double down so hard they overlap them. Right. To make them even closer together. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think people, I guess, well, for example, like drill rap, right? 
A lot of those young dudes are actually living that life. They're walking around, you know, with their guns protecting themselves or they're shooting out with people who, just because, for example, Chicago, right? Chicago's a violent ass city. Yeah. Like, stuff goes down. So, I mean, there's people, people are just, they're, they're, they're wrapping the reflection of their environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I know how, um, you know, the power of sound, right? Vibrations, all that stuff. Like if you keep feeding yourself that same stuff, obviously you're going to become a reflection of that or you're going to live in that. So, I mean, it is what it is. I just, I just don't like stuff that's just like, for example, a lot of the cats promoting like, you know, pills and all that stuff. Like that's the stuff that I don't respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't respect none of that stuff. Yeah. But if you're you're rapping about all the street stuff you're seeing, you're going through, the people around you are going through, like, it's just it's all about how you listen to something and you you can tell if it's real if it's not you know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 the content yeah the the fentanyl thing is insane man hmm. yeah yeah like there's yeah 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 no I think that I mean I think that's at the heart of of uh, rap music is a, is reflecting the culture you're in right and voicing voicing the voiceless or voicing what is being expunged from the kind of populist view on the state of affair of like American culture. So right. like giving people a, a view in and every form, um, anything that exists that is creative to say the least will be subject to someone perverting or distorting or manipulating or employing it in ways that maybe are not uh, with best intentions. Right. Mm-hmm. It's unavoidable. Yeah. Just unavoidable. Like mm-hmm. you're just exploitive, um, insincere, you know, uh, for detrimental, uh, reasons, and then it gets into the conundrums of like freedom of speech and, yeah. you know, like throughout. So it's like a real messy, you know, real art will disrupt and push on those things and make make a mess sometimes. Make right. us have to think about it. Right. Make us have to get, like, art will push people into whether or not they actually have an ethical stance and a moral stance. Mm-hmm. Even if they say, I have no morals, I'm unethical. Right, but all it's going to take is someone to say, you can't do this or you can't do that. And mm-hmm. then you're going to find out where your ethics and your morals lie. Like you're going to become, you're going to realize that you are and then mm-hmm. you haven't reflected on it well enough. Yeah. So, so nobody gets out of here alive. Like you will have to think about it mm-hmm. at one point or another, or you'll just hide. So yeah. you won't be making anything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or you'll make things and you'll conform. You'll be a conformist, you know? Right. So, so be it I'm just saying like, it's not neutral. You will, you will land somewhere, you know? So I, you know, yeah. So just maybe closing. It's like, um, interesting to think about speech and like the translation because like I feel like that's one of the most paramount things right now in 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 like in a global way is like this censoring of what can and can't be said right I, that's crazy to think about man but it that's is. global yeah it mm-hmm. is yeah. Yeah, yeah which is one of the reasons why pressing an album that has the possibility of getting left in a bin for 30 years for someone else to dig up. Time capsule. That's the beauty of it, right? It's the beauty yeah, of it. Is like, yeah. is like you make make stuff and I mean we're still gonna we're still digging up stuff people made thousands and thousands of years ago and reflecting on it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and we're unable to find things that people put on the internet two years ago. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So it's, <laughs> that's right. It's, uh, so it's the stuff that never made it to YouTube, records <laughs> that never made it to YouTube. That's yeah, why yeah. 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 something weird about the idea that like, yeah, you might live in, people have, have absolutely lived in various times that they weren't permitted to say things 
uh, but they they still made stuff, and that stuff kind of became a time capsule, and it maybe had to sit for a while mm-hmm. until another generation got to pick it up yeah. and say, "Hey, this is good." Man, the record as a speakeasy. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so it's gonna get done. All right. what I'm saying, we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 make, we'll make it happen. Y'all, y'all said it, so <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen, and it's we're gonna, gonna eat tamales. Yeah, from 100%. all over. Yes, full yeah. circle. I'll uh, I'll bring some back from Mississippi next time I come. So where can we find your stuff, man? I mean, we're gonna link it on the anything you we want. Anything mean, you want to share? It's on you know iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Title, all the main streaming yeah. platforms. Nice. You know, YouTube's, um, YouTube's, yeah, <laughs> YouTube's, <laughs> YouTube's, plural, plural YouTube's. Plural. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm put it on Bandcamp. I mean, I've been selling cassettes, but just through Instagram right now. Heck yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, all the major stream. I'm about to put it on SoundCloud too. I haven't done that. Well, what's right. uh, what's your handle on Instagram so people can find you? It's um D said D I C E underscore Dicho D I C H O underscore. Um, oh no, hold on, I messed up. Let me backtrack. It's D said D I C E underscore L E L underscore Dicho D I C H O. Okay. Yeah. D Dicho. Okay. Dicho. I like it. Dope. Awesome, man. Well, thank hey, you, man. Thank yeah, you so much. Sure. This was a legit conversation. It was good to have you. For sure, you. man. One of a kind. Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, so we'll see you again next year with the release of the next album. And That's right. Great, man. <laughs> I, already, I, already, I already got it. I used to get a dose in the bag. So yeah. Uh, it's sweet. already there. It's I just already got, there. I got to re-record a couple songs and right. put everything together. Yeah, yeah well, so, so check out next year with the live show. It's all going to be great. You heard yeah. it here first. It'll be good. And like we say every week, we love you guys. You are a fantastic audience. We will catch you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco Art Speak, a production of Shaco Art Space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom. <laughs>